This is the Talk of Fame Network, featuring Hall of Fame voters Ron Borges from the Boston Herald, Rick Goslin of the Dallas Morning News, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. And now, let the debates begin. Who is a Hall of Famer? Will they be enshrined in Canton? Do they have the numbers to get in? Let the experts who make the decision tell you who will be signing their name with HOF next to it. And now, it's the Talk of Fame Network. As you know, this is no ordinary week, and not because Villanova and Syracuse made the Final Four, and Rick's Michigan State Spartans did not. Ouch. Uh-uh. Ouch. Yeah, that hurts. It's April Fool's week, guys, which means you better be careful where you go and what you do on Friday. There are minefields everywhere, and Ron, just wondering, I'll start with you. You remember the best April Fool's joke you pulled or, or had pulled on you? Uh, yeah, my former wife said she wanted a divorce. Unfortunately, she was <laughs> fooling. <laughs> Hey, funny. Hey, Hey, Goose, I don't know what it was like around your house. I don't think your wife told you anything like that. But uh, other than there were a lot of kids running around, any April Fool's days you can remember? Well, none personally, but I think the best April Fool's joke maybe of all time was uh, the one pulled by Sports Illustrated in 1985 with its cover story by George Plimpton. Right. rookie pitching phenom Sid Finch. You know, I, I know the story certainly got Met fans excited. Of course, that was before America lost its sense of humor. <laughs> Good one, Goose. Well, yeah. I mentioned April Fool's because it's going to be the backdrop for this show with an NFL theme, of course. But before we go there, let's tell you what we have lined up for day in the field one. We're going to kick off our four-part draft, uh, four draft series with former Chicago GM Jerry Angelo. Uh, we're going to talk the good, the bad, and the ugly of all-time drafts. We're also going to talk to former Pro Bowl quarterback Donovan McNabb, who I mentioned uh, Syracuse. He used to play basketball for Syracuse. Also got a vested interest in the women's basketball tournament. His niece plays on the UConn basketball team. We're also going to find out what's behind Cleveland and RG3 when we talk with Cleveland Hall of Fame voter Tony Grossi and Ron. I think uh, you're going to tell us. I thought I see my schedule. Why, Fred Taylor? Fred Taylor's Hall of Fame worthy? That's no joke, is it, Ron? It is not. Most popular player in Jaguars history and the 16th ranked rusher of all times, as Ali would say. All times. That's pretty good. Okay, too. well, we're going to get to that. Uh, and we're also going to get to Goose, who's going to tell us why it's so difficult to find quarterbacks in the draft. Um, and I, I don't know. That can be an April Fool's joke sometimes, too, especially in the first round. But, but since it's April Fool's week, let, let's get started by going over some recent NFL news and find out what our Hall of Fame voters, that would be Rick and Ron, think about them, whether they like them or whether they don't. And, and guys, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to tell you something that's happened either this week or last, and you tell me if you like it or you believe it by saying April fact. Um, or if you don't like it, you loathe it, you say April Fool's. You, you got it? Any any questions here, Goose, Ron, any questions? Barely cut and dried, Clark. Let's roll. Okay, let's roll. Let's start off with something that happened at the owners' meetings last week where our Ron Borges was. That was Carolina coach Ron Rivera sitting down to say, not only defend his quarterback Cam Newton, which I can understand for his behavior because that's his quarterback following Super Bowl 50, but he also said he doesn't think losing players in big games, such as the Super Bowl, should have to talk to the media. <laughs> April fact or April Fool's, Goose? Oh, that's an April Fool's. Pro athletes are public figures paid millions of dollars to perform. Maybe they can get away with this in college, Ron, but not the pros. 
why just the losing players? Why not ban the winning players from talking to the media as well? Make all professional athletes and coaches non-public figures and watch how fast the money dries up. <laughs> exactly right. That's an April fool of, of fools. Uh, I say this. <laughs> grow up and try to remember two very simple things. A, Ron, it's a game. B, there's a word called sportsmanship. It's not just supposed to be in the dictionary. It's supposed to be in the NFL, too. Thank you, Professor Borges. Now, well, thank you very much. Those Carolina Panthers. <laughs> Voice <laughs> yes. of reason. Voice of reason. That's one of the few times I get to say that. Uh, Ron, you have cornerback Josh Norman now, Carolina Panther. Voice of no reason. Guy, <laughs> Voice of no reason. He's the guy who named himself one of the six best corners in NFL history last month, as you remember, because we brought that up on the Talk of Fame Network. Uh, he reportedly is demanding $16 million a year, which figures because when he did his poll of himself, he put himself <laughs> with Darrell Rivas, and Darrell Rivas gets $16 million a year. So $16 million a year for Josh Norman. Ron, April fact, April Fool's. I would say succinctly, April Fool, followed by May Fool, June Fool, and Fiscal <laughs> Fool. <laughs> what is he talking? I, I would. I would agree. April Fool. Great pass rushers make great corners, not the other way around. Rio earned 16 millions last year for a team that finished 13th in the NFL in pass defense and missed the playoffs. Denver's pass rush, on the other hand, sent an undrafted free agent cornerback to the Pro Bowl. Pay the pass rushers, not the corners. Okay, guys, now let's go for the weird and unusual. And this is a bizarre one. Aaron Rodgers, and he, you guys have dealt with him, so have I, normally pretty level-headed. <laughs> he said he actually witnessed a UFO sighting in New Jersey in February 2005. Now, I think he's going to witness UFOs probably in New Jersey. But a friend of his has confirmed that sighting, though he said it wasn't actually in New Jersey. It was in New York. Now, Aaron Rodgers said it was a large orange, left-to-right moving object, which I guess could mean it could have been Von Miller, except Von Miller wasn't in the NFL then. So UFO and Aaron Rodgers, April fact or April Fool's? April Fool's. Who, who was his friend? E.T.? <laughs> no. Hey, those, those Green Bay winners must be getting Aaron Rodgers. Everyone knows UFOs are blue and move right to left. <laughs> wow. April Fool, who needs to get into the NFL's concussion protocol system, I think. Uh, <laughs> last time I so, knew, guys, UFOs usually landed in New Mexico. Did they not? Not New York. They did. That's correct. <laughs> so, Ron, what was that orange left-to-right moving object you saw? I assume it was a basketball flying through it. He just wasn't paying a lot of attention because he was with, what's her name, his girlfriend there, Olive Mum, Olivia Mum, whatever her mum is, and he uh, <laughs> lost track of himself. <laughs> to say the least. Track of yourself too, if you were with Olivia Munn. Yeah, or her sister Olive Munn. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get back to the planet Earth. Twilight we Zone. had Hall of Fame linebacker LT Lawrence Taylor this week say that he thought J.J. Watt is one of the top four defensive players of all time. All time. <laughs> with Reggie White, Deacon Jones, and of course, LT himself. Stunner. The goose, J.J. Watt one of the top four defensive players in NFL history. April fact or April Fools? Oh, April Fools once again. LT thinks football started with him in 1981. Has he ever heard of the Steel Curtain? I mean, Jack Ham was everything. Lawrence Taylor wasn't on the weak side. A complete linebacker. Taylor was a pass rusher. Ham did it all, which is why he's in the Hall of Fame. To make a blanket statement like that, 
Taylor showing complete disrespect for Dick Night Train Lane, Bob Lilly, Who? Larry Wilson, Dick Butkus, Mean Joe Green, and countless other Hall of Famers whose busts are every bit as shiny as Taylor's. How about Jack Lambert, too, on that uh, steel curtain? Jack Ham, wow. Mel Blount, the list goes on and on. You left out Jack Taylor. And Jack Tate, well, yeah. Mike Haynes. Got to get in the Hall of Fame. Mike Haynes left out Mike Haynes, the greatest corner who ever lived. Uh, You know, I got to say this, though, guys. The sheriff was a little, uh, little, he had had his six guns on there just then. I think it's a little bit of an April fact, a little bit, if he can survive the test of time and keep doing this for another six or eight or nine years, which is a long way to go, as you guys know. If he does that, then maybe you can have a discussion. Up until then, please, give me one Dick Butkus. And one Mike Haynes, and you can keep all the J.J. Watts, Y.Y. Watts, and any other Watts you can find, including the Watts in L.A. Hey, Clark, in 1984, Ron said that about Mark Gaston, too. <laughs> yes, he did. I think and I, I did I said not. that about Joe Klecko on one of our first shows. <laughs> yes, you did. Speaking of UFOs, what was happening in that night? <laughs> well, he was green and moving left to right. It's <laughs> true. Good point. <laughs> uh, but, Ron, isn't that precisely the point? I mean, listen. He, he's got a chance, but his career yeah. is just getting started. I mean, these other guys right. we're talking about have had complete careers. Why say this about J.J.? Why give the guy a chance to breathe? Well, I assume he's trying to get him to, like, a, his celebrity golf tournament or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you know, try, but, you know, look, I, 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 get, I get it in that his performance, let's face it, guys, has been remarkable these last few years. I mean, if a guy can keep doing that when everybody in the world's trying to block him, then you got to give him a lot of props down the road. But that's a long long road and you gotta run over a lot of offensive linemen before you get there okay quick now ronnie last week's owners meetings where you were several nfl owners disputed jeff miller's contention there's a direct link between ct and concussions with jerry jones calling it absurd april fact or april fool wow big april fool and proving once again my theory that being rich doesn't mean you're either smart or not a fool that was ludicrous <laughs> i say jones and Ursi are just protecting their turf Anything they say can and will be held against them in a future future court of law. So, of course, they're going to deny, deny, deny. Okay, well, thanks, Goose. Thanks, Ron. We're no April Fools because we got to go to commercial. When we return, we're going to talk to Cleveland Hall of Fame voter Tony Grossi about RG3 and the Browns. You're listening to the Talk of the Network. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. Find coverage based on your budget today. Stay in control of your spending. Insurance and your wallet splendidly blending. Be so happy, pappy, you'll just want to dance. Found a policy that fits you like painted on pants. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6'3"? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. 
There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. Behold, Little Caesar's deep, deep dish pizza with more cheese. But where did they put it? In the crust! Yes, they added over three and a half feet of cheese right in the crust. Cheesy crust, cheesy crust, they put it in the crust. It makes something great even better. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. With the cheese in the crust. Little Caesar's stuffed crust deep, deep dish pizza stuffed with over three and a half feet of cheese. Just ten bucks only at Little Caesar's. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. War, poverty, and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to sos-usa.org. Baseball fans, be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil, and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges. Cannot play with him. Rick Gosselin. Cannot win with him. And Clark Judge. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. I want winners. As promised, we're joined by Hall of Fame voter Tony Grossi of ESPNCleveland.com. Tony's been covering the Browns for far too many years. <laughs> thought he was getting a break when Johnny Manziel left town, but now he has RG3 to cover, so let the circus resume. Tony, you're on with uh, Rick and Ron. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Good to be with you. <laughs> That's I read somewhere where the Browns have had 24 quarterbacks in the last 18 years since they returned to the NFL. You know, we have an April Fool's Day theme to the show, so tell me about RG3, the Browns' new starting quarterback. April fact or April Fool? Well, you know, Hugh Jackson would say it's an April fact, and he is uh, gung-ho about rejuvenating RG3's career and, uh, you know, making him a winner again. Uh, it, It was a little puzzling when I first heard that the Browns had even visited with RG3 because totally expect them to draft a quarterback also. It just seems to me that that Hugh Jackson in his first year with the Browns is taking on two big projects. You know, restoring the game of RG3 is one project, and then introducing a you know franchise hopeful is another. So it's interesting, but he feels confident about it. Uh, you know, of course, as, as I'm sure you saw, Tony, there's a story that came out pretty quickly after he signed that the John Elway uh, sort of backed away from RG3 after it appears after mm-hmm. talking to uh, Mike Shanahan. You know Shanahan's last revenge after pulling the guy's leg off his <laughs> out of his kneecap. There, uh, I'm just wondering what you make of that. Was Cleveland aware of of any of that? And, and do you think they just came to a different conclusion, or 
What do you make of it? Well, uh, Hugh Jackson had RG3 in for in, in Cleveland for two days and uh, worked him out physically uh, and, and felt real good about the way he looked and then uh, also interrogated him about, uh, you know, the way his career ended uh, and went down at, at Washington, in Washington. And Hugh said that uh, he got honest answers. Uh, he felt that uh, RG3 took responsibility for his, you know, for his part in, 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 the, in, in what happened, in, in his demise there, really. And he felt that uh, RG3 is at a point in his career where he uh, is mature, more mature, and uh, is determined to work his way back. So uh, he liked what he saw physically in him, and then he liked what he heard uh, when, when he questioned him about w- where it went wrong. Tony, having, having watched him at Baylor for years, and then now watching him in this division, the NFCs with the Redskins, I know he throws a great deep ball, which is kind of a shame that Travis Benjamin's gone now, but uh, do you yeah. think Hugh Jackson will feature his legs at all? To a degree, I would, I would think. Um, I, I think he would utilize him throwing outside the pocket, but uh, you, you would you would hope that he would try to harness. You know, that's what got RG three in trouble, right? And as a rookie, it's it's really a mystery. And you know how he's going to use RG three, because much like Johnny Manziel, I mean, when you let him do what he's good at, he's productive, but uh, he puts his body in harm's way. And uh, I know that Mike Shanahan fully intended to to wean him off of that style of play, RG3, and never really got the chance after the injuries mounted. So where are, where Hugh Jackson picks up on, on that, you know, is, is going to be interesting to see whether he goes back to basics and lets him be the old RG3 or he tries to mold him into more of a pocket passer. Uh, we're talking right now with RG3's uh, future biographer, Hall of Fame voter Tony Grossi of uh, ESPNCleveland.com. And, and Tony, of course, the natural question I'm sure a lot of people are wondering is, does Cleveland now not take a quarterback uh, in the draft? Do they do it anyway? What do you think direction that they will head after making a signing like this? I think they're smart enough to realize that uh, RG3 is not the answer to their quarterback you know, problem. I think they view him as a bridge quarterback. His contract was limited to two years, and you know the way these things are, it's basically a one-year period to show them what he's got. So they have nobody really of note behind him now, no young hopeful. So they have to draft a quarterback, and I still think they will draft one with the second pick of the draft. Some people think that this buys uh, gives the Browns a lot of options, you know, whether to trade down. Uh, collect some extra picks and, and not necessarily take the, their top quarterback, take another quarterback. They also have the 32nd pick in the draft, top of the second round. You know, if they take a, a non-quarterback at number two, they come back and take the best one standard. I think they need to take the best one. They're in a position to take the best quarterback, whoever that is, in their mind. And then RG3, I would think, enables them to, to go easy, not not have to rush that guy in if he's not ready to play. Tony, regardless who the quarterback is, how much of a loss was it with Alex Mack leaving? Well, you know, he's a Pro Bowl center, but there's no doubt that he was better in the offensive line scheme previous than they had last year. Uh, the Kyle Shanahan scheme, which is more zone blocking, more moving sideways rather than straight ahead, that's what Alex Mack was really good at. And it's no coincidence that the Falcons under Shanahan pursued and signed Mack. Last year, he was 
you know, he's not the straight ahead uh, dominating blocker that that you, you you think of as a center. He's an athletic guy, he's not a powerful guy. And they the previous regime had anticipated Mac leaving by using a, a number one pick a year ago on Cam Irving, who was with Florida State. He had a miserable first year because he they played him at different positions to kind of bide his time and now feel you know, he'll be situated at center from the very beginning of Hugh Jackson's uh, off-season conditioning program, and they'll see what they they have in Cam Irving at center. You obviously lived uh, the Johnny Manziel, uh, Johnny Rotten uh, uh, soap opera, <laughs> uh, you know, far closer than you would like, Tony. Just wondering, now yeah. that it is over, at least for you, do you have much sympathy for him? Do you sort of put, the, put it all on, at his doorstep? What's your thoughts on him now that he's left? There's a certain point in time where I realize that Johnny's sick. I mean, he he, he has definite issues. I, I think he I think he's uh, uh, you know needs help. He sought help a year ago, uh, and it wasn't effective. Uh, he spent ten weeks in a rehab center, and uh, he came out of it. And, and in town here, we still heard stories very quickly about Johnny drinking, and and then it just got out of control. And I do think a lot of the a lot of the situations that Johnny Manziel got into, and we we've seen all the images on the internet, are the result of his issues with with uh, substance abuse. I really do. You gonna miss him, Tony? You know, there was a side of Johnny that that was very charming and intelligent, and he was a he. I tell you what, guys, he was the most gifted speaker in in front of the microphones I've ever I've ever seen come through here. <laughs> You know, the cynic would say he's a fantastic con man, but he, he really uh, is a smart guy. And that's that's why I think there's something deeper than just, you know, recreational drinking there. I, 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 uh, uh, I won't miss I won't miss the drama. It was endless. It, it really was. It was it was distracting. This, this franchise was was uh, enamored with them and, and just totally mesmerized by him. Uh, for two years, and and it was one of the reasons they never advanced. Hey, Tony, we got to go. We really thank you for your time, and welcome back to the quarterback beat. <laughs> yeah, very good. It's from one, one soap opera to another. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Tony. That, that was Hall of Fame voter Tony Grossi. When we return, we'll have former Eagles Pro Bowl quarterback Donovan McNabb. This is the Talk of Fame Network. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by MyCleanPC. If your computer runs slowly, just log on to MyCleanPC.com for a free diagnosis. And within minutes... You can download software that can clean up what may be slowing your computer down. That's MyCleanPC.com. We're also brought to you by Grasshopper, the entrepreneur's phone system. Turn your mobile phone into a business phone system with Grasshopper. And get a local or toll-free number, or just bring your own. To see how it works, just go to Grasshopper.com. Talk of Fame Network is also brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to Geico.com. And now, a touching moment. Well, staying in touch with Geico. Just the other night, as I gazed up into the sky, I saw a shooting star. In that moment, I made a wish that Geico would be available 24-7, by phone, on the web, or with the Geico app. After that, I realized my wish had already come true. So basically, I had just wasted a perfectly good wish. Then I started to think about dolphins and felt better right away. Geico. Anywhere. Anytime. Hi, Tom Bodette, somewhat in knots over this trendy new hairstyle called a man bun. I mean, what's next, the he-hive? Well, Motel 6 recently got a new updo of sorts, too, with renovations nationwide. 
And even with our fresh modern look, you'll still find rooms at the lowest price of any national chain. So you can save up enough money to get yourself a haircut or maybe a hat. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. Baseball fans, be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil, and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and Clark Judge. That's our first guest is the perfect guy to speak to this week. Not only was he a first-round draft pick and a very successful NFL quarterback, but he played basketball for Syracuse, which is in the Final Four. And his niece plays for the top-ranked UConn women's basketball team, which also is in the Final Four. I'm talking, of course, of Donovan McNabb, who said, Philadelphia Eagles passing records in a zillion categories led them to five conference championship games, including four in a row at one point, as well as a Super Bowl. And was up for the Hall of Fame beginning in 2017. Donovan, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me, guys. Hey, Donovan, let's start with the basketball. Which okay. team Which team has more uh, more of your interest this weekend? The Syracuse men <laughs> or the UConn women? <laughs> well, I mean, when you look at the guys, obviously, I played for their Bay High, but we end up going through the national championship game in 1996. Uh, wow, I mean, that seems like it was so long ago, which it was. But uh, I'm just excited about the turnover in which they've had over over this past season. I mean, them being on being suspended for nine games, you know, the team kind of was in, in shambles. It was ups, it was downs. Uh, and the way that they were able to kind of get things back on track and put right in the right position, put themselves in a position to be in a bubble, you know, says a lot about the team. Uh, obviously, uh, I thought we got in mainly probably because of our name, but what they were able to do in the tournament uh, against some tough opponents has been quite impressive. But uh, I'm, I'm actually going to be down in Houston working for Turner Sports huh. um, during the Final Four, so I'm going to keep my eye out on the men. But more importantly, our women's basketball team is in the Final Four. We can't disregard that. I've already told my, my niece pretty much uh, if they happen to run into Syracuse in the National Championship game, I'm, I'm definitely wearing the blue and orange. Uh, so, wow! Uh, last year I went to the uh, final four. Last year to watch her in her freshman year when they won the national championship, and I told her and the rest of her teammates as well as Gino, Ariana, and his family. Listen, when I was at school, I hated Connecticut. Uh, now that I'm an alum of Syracuse, I still hate Connecticut. I will not wear any blue and white, uh, but I will support uh, the successes and and obviously support my niece. Uh, but I will not wear any type of blue and white. Shirts, jerseys, shorts, whatever. But I was there for support, and uh, I gave him congratulations. And found out that he was a Philadelphia Eagles fan, which kind of he thought he was softening me up a little bit. Uh, but I still wasn't wasn't kind of 
fallen into that trap. Donovan, if you watch a lot of her games, is that the greatest team ever assembled in any sport? Uh, you know, it's tough to say. I mean, we, we can't disregard what John Wooden and the UCLA Bruins was able to do with, with uh, you know, Walden with, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Jamal Wilkes. Uh, the list goes on. The success that they, that they were able to have. I mean, uh, you could talk about Rick Pitino. You could talk about, you know, a lot of the, these different programs in the collegiate ranks. I mean, look, I mean, we just can't forget about Pat Summon and, and the reign that she had at Tennessee. Yeah. So uh, it's been quite impressive, I think, more or less, of the way they've been winning. Um, you know, you look up and they're winning by 20, 30, 40, 50, and then just recently about 50 points. I mean, who, who would have thought that Mississippi State was going to be in the, you know, competing for the Elite Eight uh, to go to the Final Four and end up losing by 60? I mean, I, I just didn't see that happening. I mean, they've had, they got a lot of talent. Uh, it's, it's one in which, you know, last year talking to Brianna Stewart, I told her I'm still pissed off that she didn't sign with Syracuse, being from Syracuse. <laughs> um, yeah, but, you know, more importantly, it gives credit not only to uh, the girls who have been able to accomplish this great feat, but, I mean, Gina R. I mean, think about it. People want to talk about he gets all the great players. He hasn't received the number one player in the country, I mean, besides uh, the, the young girl that they have now, uh, which are supposed to play at Stanford, uh, at Samuelson, but... I mean, Brianna Hill was the only number one player that he received in a while. What do you uh, uh, make? I don't know. You probably heard about it, Donovan. There was some criticism uh, from one of my uh, colleagues up here in Boston last week that the <laughs> UConn <laughs> – it wasn't me. Don't blame me for it. But, you know, that UConn uh, somehow was uh, killing women's basketball because they were so good. And it just sort of struck me as, what are you blaming the good team for? Why don't you blame everybody else? But what was your take on that criticism? That- well, I, I think I think um, part of the problem with, with us is, is – and with social media now taking its course, and, and it seems like everything now in social media, we, we begin to get topics of conversation. Uh, there's not enough characters characters in in Twitter that you can really express your feelings. Right. Um, I understood what he was saying uh, because I've had I've had issues, but even on my nieces there. But you look up and you see 30, 40, 50 point uh, deficit, and, and you're like, come on, man, get your foot off the gas a little bit, clear the bench. <laughs> Get, get the girls in. You know, you look up and they're up 30, they're up 40, and you still got Breonna Stewart and, and uh, Tuck and, and all of the top players in the game, uh, which there's a positive and a negative. A positive, I think, is he, that's the only time that they can really get that work they need in game situations. Uh, it's not their fault that they're playing teams when they're beating them like that. And secondly, the negative is the fact that you do have girls on the team who practice extremely hard all throughout the week to prepare your, your starters and your guys that are in rotation. You really should reward them with at least more than just one and a half or, or two minutes at the end of the game when you're up by 30 points to at least get some playing time. Um, yeah. But uh, I understood what he was saying. Maybe it was it was bad timing because of them going into the Final Four and being the number one team to possibly win a national championship again four in a row. But I think with all viewers, when they watch women's, women's basketball, they love to see games like we seen last night with, with Oregon State uh, and Baylor as it went right. down to the wire. They love to see Syracuse, Tennessee, and how, how that game went, where it was back and forth. Instead of really so much looking up and all of a sudden you see connected on TV, and then at the end of it all, instead of watching the whole game, it's the final score that they end up winning by 30, 40, 50 points. Well, the good thing about it, Donovan, is you can always make a dinner reservation if you're going to watch one of their games because at the end of the first quarter, you can go to the restaurant. And... <laughs> well, you're absolutely right. That's why you should watch it at home so you can start, start turning the channel. But 
Uh, I, you know, for me, obviously, I have, I have some full ties with the Connecticut basketball team with my niece playing there. Um, but, I, I mean, I, I see where he was coming from. Uh, I thought the timing of it was wrong, and, and it kind of made it like it was a direct hit to the girls, which it wasn't. Um, but the whole thing about it is really when it comes down to it, I mean, Gino kind of said it, but it's kind of a difference to compare it to a Tiger Woods and his success of the individual game and golf. Um, but mm-hmm. it's more or less, I mean, you, you can't penalize the girls by the way they've been playing. They've been playing outstanding. They've got three seniors who you really could say that all three are All-Americans because I think when you look at kind of Tuck instead of Brianna Stewart and, and obviously Jefferson, but Tuck really, to me, she probably would end up being a top five, top seven draft pick in the WNBA because of her talent to play inside and outside. That's how talented she is. Hey, Donovan, let me shift to football here. You're up for the Hall of Fame in 2017. Do you understand the process, and are you nervous about the process? Actually, I'm not nervous about the process. Do I understand? It? Yeah, it's just like any other uh, selection, MVP, voting. It's just like everything, Heisman, everything else. You know, you just kind of wait your turn. I, I love the fact that my name will be mentioned with some of the great players who will get in and some who may not, but will get in eventually. Uh, I think if you look at overall of the numbers of all the players that will be up for, for the Hall of Fame, I mean, it, it shows the success that we've had over our careers, uh, the teams that we've played with. And, and also, I think one thing we, we forget to take into account when it comes to the Hall of Fame because it's individual. I mean, it, it says a lot about the culture in which we played for, uh, the systems that we were a part of. Uh, so many times kids come out of college uh, and they're great players, high school trophy candidates, player of the year candidates, um, and then they get to the wrong system. Uh, and then all of a sudden they fade away and you really don't hear about it. I was fortunate enough to be with Andy Reid in a great system at the West Coast offense where he was able to be patient and, and allow me to develop into the quarterback that I, that he expected me to be in, that I wanted to be myself. So, I mean, to hear my name mentioned with, with some of the great players in 2017 Hall of Fame voting is outstanding. I've always told people, I say, hey, you know, if I don't get in, we'll have a party every year. Uh, I'll go out by my own yellow jacket. Uh, you know, because to me, I didn't play for the Hall of Fame. I didn't play for the individual accolades. I played for team success. Everybody wants to hold up that trophy and at the end of it all to go and shake the hand of the president. That was my dream, being that Barack Obama's from Chicago. That was my dream to somehow get to the White House, White House, uh, knowing I'm a Super Bowl champion and to be able to shake the hand uh, of a Chicago land native. Hey, Donovan, we, we appreciate you coming on with us. Thanks for your time. Best of luck with the basketball teams this weekend. And uh, we love to have you back. Doors open anytime you want to come on. Well, thank you so much. Make sure you guys wear your blue and orange because you can wear it for the men or for the women. So, there we go. Uh, we'll cover it all the way around. You got it. <laughs> Thanks, there Donovan. you go. So, I want to thank Adam. you guys for having me on. I get, hope you guys have a great evening. Thanks, Thanks Donovan. That thank was you. former quarterback Donovan McNabb. When we return, we'll hear why Fred Taylor belongs in the Hall of Fame conversation. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. Find coverage based on your budget today. Stay in control of your spending. Insurance and your wallet splendidly blending. Be so happy, pappy, you'll just want to dance. Found a policy that fits you like painted on pants. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Behold, Little Caesar's deep, deep dish pizza with more cheese. Where did they put it? In the crust! Yes, they added over three and a half feet of cheese right in the crust! Cheesy crust, cheesy crust, they put it in the crust! 
It makes something great even better. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. With the cheese in the crust. Little Caesars stuffed crust deep, deep dish pizza stuffed with over three and a half feet of cheese. Just 10 bucks only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. Hi, Tom Bodette, somewhat in knots over this trendy new hairstyle called a man bun. I mean, what's next, the he-hive? Well, Motel 6 recently got a new updo of sorts, too, with renovations nationwide. And even with our fresh modern look, you'll still find rooms at the lowest price of any national chain. So you can save up enough money to get yourself a haircut or maybe a hat. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. Baseball fans, be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil, and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Hey, what does it mean when Geico says it's just 15 minutes to save you 15% or more on car insurance? Ron, you know, I'll tell you what it means. It means you probably should have gone to Geico.com 15 minutes ago. So, Ron, go there. That's right. Late to the party. Good deal. Here's another one. For just $19.95, you can get Proactive plus a rotating deep cleansing brush valued at $45. Ron, go there, too. Better yet, you're guaranteed to get clearer and stay clearer your money back. So, Ron, for more information, call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. Hey, guys, Ron, Rick, remember we had Lee Steinberg on last week and prematurely celebrated his birthday? Ron, I think you called it a resurrection. I did. I did. He had a little bit of a right. tough go there, but he's back. He is back, and, and so are we, because that's the only birthday we've celebrated in the past two months. I'm not sure why, but maybe we ran out of party gifts like that big screen TV we gave away last year anyway. Derek, let's crank up the Beatles again, because it's time to recognize the few, the proud, and the aging. On March 31st, former Canal running back Ed Marinero, also NYPD's blue star, he turns 66. That's great, Ed, but you couldn't beat Dartmouth College. On April 1st, another Ivy League great, Yale quarterback Brian Dowling, who never lost the game he completed in high school or college. True story. Turned 69. Well, former tight end Don Hasselbeck, who didn't go into an Ivy League school, he went to Colorado, father to Tim and Matt and friend of Ron Borges, he turned 61. And on April 4th, Oakland coach and friend of the show, Jack Del Rio turns 53, while one of Ron's favorite guys, Hall of Fame great John Hanna turns 65 and one of my favorites, former Minnesota and San Diego lineman Ed White. He turns 69. Clark, and sticking with our Hall of Fame blocker theme, I'm going to go with one of the greatest blockers who ever lived, either at guard or tackle, Jim Parker. He went to eight Pro Bowls in his 11-year career, won two championships with the Baltimore Colts, and was named to both the NFL's 50th and 75th anniversary teams. He would have turned 82 on Sunday, but sadly passed away in 2005. Well, I'm going with uh, an old friend of mine who uh, Wednesday, March 30th, turned 53, and that would be Stanley Burrell. You guys all remember Stanley Burrell, don't you? Sure you do. I used to hand Stan the man Raider tickets when he was a kid hanging out at the Oakland Coliseum, and I'd be walking in to cover a game, and he'd been out and scalped him in the parking lot. Now, you may know that guy by a different name. 
MC Hammer. You can't touch that. <laughs> I'll tell you what we can touch, Ron. We can touch your state, your case segment, which you wrote about this week on the Tech of Fame Network, our website. And you wrote about a guy who's got the numbers, but doesn't have the recognition. I'm talking about former Jacksonville running back Fred Taylor. So if you can, please tell our listeners why you feel so strongly about him and the Hall. Well, you know, guys, Fred Taylor may be the most underrated running back of the last 20 years. The question is, has the time come to right that wrong? Fred Taylor played 13 seasons in the NFL, the first 11 in Jacksonville, where he amassed 11,271 of his 11,695 rushing yards, averaging over 1,000 yards a season, 1,024 to be precise, and seven times exceeded that barrier. That has left him 16th on the all-time rushing list, only 379 yards behind Hall of Famer Thurman Thomas, and just 551 behind uh, this past year's Hall of Fame finalist, Edgar and James. Yet whoever mentions his name, Taylor played his entire career in the shadow of others, in large part because he toiled in the league's smallest market until he came late in his career to the Patriots for a couple of seasons. Only once did Fred Taylor make the Pro Bowl, and that was as an injury replacement in 2007 after rushing for over 1,200 yards, despite sitting out the season finale to get ready for the playoffs. At that time, he was ranked 19th all-time on the rushing list, and it was the only he was the only one of the top 50 all-time rushers who have never made the Pro Bowl. One of Fred's problems was that he was unfairly nicknamed Fragile Fred because he missed 24 games due to injury in his first four years. This was exacerbated by Tom Coffin's decision to list him as questionable every week on the 2001 injury report, even though he knew he was out for the season. That saddled him with a label for fragility he didn't really deserve. He missed only 12 games in his final seven seasons. Fragile Fred? I think not. After missing two, all but two games in 2001, he came back to average 1,207 yards a year over the next six seasons. And although his playoff appearances were limited, he averaged 87.6 yards per rush in seven postseason games. To put Fred Taylor's career in perspective, if he had not missed basically the entire 2001 season, he would have finished with 12,295 rushing yards, 10th all-time, and barely behind his idol, Jim Brown. Does that make him a Hall of Famer? I don't know, but he deserves the debate. There's something else that deserves a debate, Ron. It's our two-minute drill, and you're going to ask this week's questions. Hey, Derek, Derek Burns, our producer, you're going to run the clock as usual. So, Ron, if you're ready, let's get to it. Okay, guys, here we go. Colts owner uh, Jim Irsay compared concussion risks playing football with taking an aspirin. What's he been taking? Jimmy obviously spent too much time in the music world, not enough time in the football world. Prescribed concussions. <laughs> Detroit's, <laughs> Detroit's linebacker DeAndre Levy wrote on Instagram to Ursie saying, quote, frequent trips to the pharmacy makes you a medical expert on CTE? Good point or cheap shot? Sounds like a guy who never wants to play for the Colts. <laughs> Good point or cheap shot? Both. Former number one pick Trent Richardson said, quote, it's very easy to get lazy in the NFL because everything's on your own. If that's true, what are those 22 assistant coaches on many teams doing? Getting ready to point the finger at someone else. Staying busy by reading each other's name tags. <laughs> Howie Long says his son Chris left money on the table to play one year for Bill Belichick. If he plays well, who does he play for next year? The Jets. Woody Johnson likes to recycle guys from Boston with Super Bowl rings. Fox Sports. <laughs> Why do offensive linemen run the 40-yard dash since they seldom run more than 40 feet? Someone has to chase down the defenders who intercept passes. The quarterbacks won't. Because it helps if you're chased by lone sharks. Four Niners say they won't trade Colin Kaepernick unless they're blown away by an offer. What's your definition of blown away? Offer me something, anything. 
Fifth round draft pick. Wow. New Lions GM Bob Quinn says Detroit is, quote, an attractive place to go, unquote, for free agents. Has he been to Detroit yet? Well, obviously, Ron has never visited Hockey Town. One day, his son Jack is going to live there, and Ron will view Motown differently then. <laughs> Apparently possible. not, Ron. Goose left, and so did Motown. <laughs> they got the lights on there yet, Goose? Uh, Bears coach John, Fix, uh, John Fox says the cornerstone of success is hard work and enthusiasm. What about talent? Sounds like a coach with a talent void. Talent? What about good coaching? Julian Edelman forgot to return a video game to Blockbuster that he rented in 2004. A North Carolina man was just arrested on an outstanding warrant for missing a 2002 video. Should Tom Brady's favorite receiver be cuffed? That arrest came after a Super Bowl loss by the Panthers. If Edelman avoids losing any more Super Bowls, he'll be fine. Oh, Roger Goodell, Ron. He'll want to suspend the guy for four games. Bills coach Rex Ryan parked his blue-tinted Bills logo-covered pickup at a Buffalo diner on Monday. What happened to his green-tinted Jets logo-painted pickup? It's in the garage next to the purple-tinted Ravens pickup and the Cardinal Red Cardinals pickup <laughs> from his previous stops. It ran out of gas. <laughs> we're out of gas, too. It's the end of our first hour, but don't go away. Coming up in the second of our show, we're going to hear from GM, or former GM, Jerry Angelo, and about the NFL draft. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Baseball fans, be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil, and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. And now, a touching moment while staying in touch with Geico. Just the other night, as I gazed up into the sky, I saw a shooting star. In that moment, I made a wish that Geico would be available 24-7, by phone, on the web, or with the Geico app. After that, I realized my wish had already come true. So basically, I had just wasted a perfectly good wish. Then I started to think about dolphins and felt better right away. Geico. Anywhere. Anytime. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Hey, Ronnie, quick question. Yes. You know what it means when Geico says that just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? Sure. It means you should have gone to Geico.com about 15 minutes ago, I'd say. You are correct, sir. Very good. And for that, you know what? 
Welcome back to hour number two of the Talk of Fame Network. I'm Clark. That was Ron. We've got Rick on here. And soon, very soon, we're going to be joined by former Chicago GM Jerry Angelo as the first in our four-part draft series gets started. Goose, I know you covered the draft for years, and we all know you know more than most GMs probably still do. And scouts about the draft. In fact, I remember when Jerry Jones used to bring you in. I think it was the day before the draft to pick your brain. Yes, sir. Yeah, well, anyway, I do remember that. But um, here's what I'd like to know before we no get No wonder things are such a uh, uh, wreck down there in Dallas, my God. That's how they won yeah. three Super Bowls, Ron. <laughs> uh, I thought you told us that was Jimmy Johnson, not Yeah, you. exactly. He's changing his tune. Jimmy, good listening. Um, anyway, Goose, <laughs> Good listening skills. Very good. <laughs> That's right. Can you explain the fascination of this draft, today's draft to me? I mean, it's really become sort of its own subculture now with, with draft sites everywhere. And the interest in it is greater, seems to me far greater than any other pro sports draft. Why is that? Because the draft is not exclusively an NFL event. Every town in America with a college football team has a vested interest in the draft. That generates a 50-state audience for the draft, not just the 31 cities of the NFL. That realization hit me in 2010. The two cities with the highest television viewership for the first day of the NFL draft were Gainesville, Florida, and Austin, Texas. Not Chicago or Boston or Dallas. Gainesville and Austin. Why? Because that was a draft. Florida Heisman Trophy winner Tim Tebow and Texas quarterback Colt McCoy. Everyone in those towns wanted to know where the hometown hero was going. The NFL has crafted the draft into a college event, and I think that's actually pretty shrewd. Where's that hometown hero going? Tim Tebow, where's he going? Home. <laughs> Home. Home. As I said, we're going to get to the draft and its history and Jerry Angelo, but I want to stop right here to honestly just acknowledge a, a couple of guys who passed away within the past week. We've been having a lot of fun here, but there's nothing fun about what this is all about. The first uh, is former New England defensive lineman Julius Adams, and the other is former New England and Philadelphia running back and fullback Kevin Turner. Um, Julius Adams passed away at 67. Kevin Turner was only 46. Of course, he died after suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease. And, Ron, I know you covered both these guys. This is probably pretty close to you. So um, can you tell us a little bit about him? Well, yeah, Clark, I mean, this is a particularly sad day for me, uh, uh, Kevin became a friend of mine, uh, especially uh, uh, once he was battling uh, all his problems with concussions. The Lou Gehrig's disease was a direct result of a number of untreated concussions that he suffered uh, while with the Patriots and Eagles. Uh, that's been well established. Basically, to be honest, uh, as I wrote in the Herald this week uh, up here in Boston, you know, he died from playing pro football, and that's just a fact. Uh, but he did fight for players uh, who followed him. He was the lead plaintiff in the lawsuit that the NFL settled uh, for nearly a billion dollars. Um, of which he was to receive $5 million. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't live long enough to collect, and uh, that's pretty sad irony. Uh, as for Julius Adams, he was a very underrated defensive end. He played 16 years for the Patriots. He's a member of their 50th anniversary uh, uh, all-time team. A wonderful guy. He was a hard-nosed sort of Texas guy, you know, came back for one more year because he wanted to buy some cows for his farm, uh, which I guess is a good reason to come back. Uh, but was a terrific guy and a very good player and really probably didn't get the uh, recognition league-wide that he deserved because of the Patriots were often uh, not factors. Ron, as you remember, um, we had former Miami coach Don Schuler on this show, which means he's a friend of this show. show yes, sir. To talk about, remember that snowplow game in 1980? Yeah. And, and the Patriots won it 3 nothing. But the Dolphins actually had a chance to kick a field goal there, but Uwe von Schaumann's kick was blocked. Remember who blocked it? Sure, my man Julius Adams. I mean, he's an important footnote to... 
Exactly. He's an important footnote to football history. Emphasis on the word foot. You know, if he doesn't block that, who knows what happens, you know. Uh, uh, but he did. And, of course, that allowed Mark Henderson, the uh, inmate on work release, to later drive on the field, plow out a nice clear spot for John Smith of the Patriots to uh, kick what became the winning field goal. It was uh, uh, a note that, I mean, a, a game that has lived in infamy in Don Shula's mind. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm told that snow plow that was used to clear the field for the game-winning field goal is actually on exhibit at Patriots Place. Is that true? It is. You walk in the door, look to the right, there it is. John Deere 314 uh, track to model. And uh, Coach Shula is not happy about it being there. Did Henderson sign that plow? <laughs> Actually, he did not, but he later got a job at the stadium, and deservedly so. It deservedly so. It was right. Should have had a job at the stadium that day. Oh, that's right. He did. Uh, <laughs> I mentioned Kevin Turner, too. And, Goose, um, this is, as Ron pointed out, particularly tragic in light of what's going on now with the NFL. And I'll talk about CTE with uh, even Kevin Turner admitting that he might have or would have fared better, a lot better, if he had played today under the concussion protocol that the NFL now operates under. Yeah, Clark, I think we'll still have to wait and see how this all works out. I don't think the problem has been solved by any stretch of the imagination. As long as there is football, there are going to be collisions, violent collisions, helmet-jarring collisions, head-jarring collisions. There are going to be more concussions. How many concussions can a head absorb? I think the problem has finally been identified. That's the good thing. But I don't think right. we're anywhere near a solution yet. Ron, I want to go back to something you said about Kevin Turner because um, you know what I find interesting about him is he, he, he never complained about his plight, um, certainly recognized what had happened. Um, he insisted football was the best thing that ever happened to him and actually had his son has his son playing it. Um, there were never any complaints from him, even though he honestly probably knew what was going on and knew what caused it. Well, you're right, Clark. He and I had some long talks about it, uh, uh, which I asked him a lot about it, and, and he uh... – to me, he had an interesting take on it. He did say to me at one time, look, if I if I knew what the outcome was going to be, of course I would have stopped playing. Uh, but he also said that uh, he realized, I've never forgotten this, he said, if I had never played football, I just would have been another unknown guy in Prattville, Alabama, selling cars like my dad. I owe a lot to football. Uh, now, he did uh, take his sons out of youth football for a year when the diagnosis became clear. But ultimately, his older boy did go back and play. I don't believe the younger one did. Uh, but he's now a preferred walk-on at Clemson, and he has a scholarship there. Uh, and Dabo Sweeney, of course, was uh, was one of Kevin's, who's the head coach at Clemson, was one of Kevin's teammates on the uh, down at Alabama. They stayed close, and uh, it, it is sort of interesting to see his son now playing at a high level of, of football. Well, yeah, it is. And, Goose, I, 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 I want to reference what we talked about earlier, which is um, what some of the NFL owners said last week about uh, CT and concussions. Um, we, we talked about Jerry Jones and mentioned that Jeff Miller's comments uh, about uh, CT and linking him to concussions. Jerry Jones called that comment absurd. And then Indianapolis owner Jim Mersey, as you would know if you listened to our two-minute drill on the first segment, he compared the link to different reactions that you and I may have to taking aspirin, for instance. I guess what I'm asking, Goose, is um, why is there such a disconnect with NFL owners here, or why are they so quick to disavow what the league expert says when, in fact, the league, after Jeff Miller spoke, said, you know what's very consistent with what we have to say in our findings? I think legally, anything an NFL owner says can one day be held against him in a court of law. If you admit to a problem, you are accepting culpability for that problem. You know, I don't think we're done with these concussion-related lawsuits. The problem hasn't been solved as long as there are 
pro there, there is this problem. There will be lawsuits, and I think that's why owners are going to continue to distance themselves from it. Ron, question for you since you were down to those meetings. What was yep. the response when Ursay and Jones said that last week? I mean, what was the feeling among either the media or people who had heard that comment or even Roger Goodell himself? A lot of people were incredulous, both within the league and uh, amongst the media. You know, I mean uh, – Boost and I were talking about this uh, before we started the show today, and one of the things I told him was, you know, one thing about Don King, he knew when to shut up. You know, I mean, he really did. He knew sometimes, you know, the best thing you can say is nada. And, uh, you know, to talk about, you know, and, and Goodell himself, of course, stepped in at the Super Bowl when he, you know, he talked about you can get hurt sitting on the, falling off the sofa or sitting on a sofa. Right. Yeah. And I will tell you this, and I mean this part in all seriousness, Kevin Turner was a friend of mine. Kevin Turner died playing football. Kevin Turner never fell off the sofa and never got hurt on the sofa. And it's yeah, shameful right, for, yeah. to hear these guys say these kinds of things. Couldn't agree with you more. And, and it was last thing on this. wondering what you make of this class action suit that former defensive end Tracy Scoggins filed this week and, um, and or the league's attempts to discredit the New York Times, which ran a story <laughs> on concussions and CT last week. But the, the NFL has gone out of its way to try to discredit that. What do you make of either or both of those? I think we're in a cover-your-ass mode here in the NFL. And I think, again, like I said a little bit earlier, this isn't the end of the lawsuits. We're going to have lawsuits going forward for years to come. And I think uh, the league, for its own standing, is going to want to try to discredit this and, and, and throw cast doubt on it because they don't want to pay. It's the bottom line. They don't want to pay off these lawsuits. I'll tell you one thing, guys. Don't be suing anybody because you think they want Elliot Pellman in a deposition hearing. You are kidding yourself. Yeah, you're right about that. Well, we're not going to go to Elliot Pellman. We're going to commercial, guys. And when we return, we'll get into the draft and look at the best and worst of one of the NFL crown jewels. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. Another reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. Find coverage based on your budget today. Stay in control of your spending. Insurance and your wallet splendidly blending. Be so happy, pappy, you'll just want to dance. Found a policy that fits you like painted on pants. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. Behold, Little Caesar's deep, deep dish pizza with more cheese. But where did they put it? In the crust. Yes, they added over three and a half feet of cheese right in the crust. Cheesy crust, cheesy crust. They put it in the crust. It makes
makes something great even better. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. With the cheese in the crust. Little Caesars stuffed crust deep, deep dish pizza stuffed with over three and a half feet of cheese. Just 10 bucks only at Little Caesars. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations plus tax. War, poverty, and disaster have left millions of children around the world orphaned, abandoned, alone. When their parents can't be there, SOS Children's Villages is there. SOS Children's Villages is the world's largest nonprofit for orphaned and abandoned children. In 134 countries, including the U.S., SOS Children's Villages provides vulnerable children with a loving and stable family, medical care, and an education. To make a difference in the life of a child, go to SOS-USA.org. Baseball fans, be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil, and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network. Before we get started, I'm going to ask Ronnie, he knows what it means when Geico says that just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Ron, you know what that means? Yeah, I know what it means. It means that you should have been online 15 minutes ago at Geico.com and saving yourself some do-re-mi. There you go. And speaking of saving yourself some money, here's another one for you, Ron. For just nineteen ninety-five, you can get proactive. Plus... A rotating deep cleansing brush valued at $45. And you know what? Better yet, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Interested in that? Yeah, absolutely. What, are you kidding me? The deeper the cleaning, the better. <laughs> you need to get the clear, Ron. <laughs> yeah. Hey, for more information, Ron, call 1-800-644-5944. That's 1-800-644-5944. What's that number? We're going to be <laughs> We're going to be joined soon by former Chicago GM Jerry Angelo. We've already got Ron here looking at uh, Geico.com and trying to get his money there for Proactive. Um, but before we do, we thought we'd get this draft series started by talking the draft in general. I mean, it's history, best and worst, how it's changed, which is our cue, of course, for Dr. Data, a.k.a. Rick Goslin, who, as I said earlier, knew as much, if not more, than most GMs, maybe all GMs and scouts, when he was at the top of the draft or on top of the draft. He was, I, I mentioned the history of the draft. Uh, let's start here. You remember the days, because I do, I'm sure Ron does, when the draft was 12 rounds, 12 rounds with all 12 in one day and starting at 8 a.m. Eastern? 12 rounds. Clark, I covered my first draft in Detroit in 1972, and it was a 17-round affair. They Ouch! Went deep into the night picking players. There was no television. No instant analysis of every pick. It was pick and go, pick and go, pick and go. And you didn't have teams sitting around on a 50-minute clock waiting for a trade offer. When it was all said and done that year, there were 442 players selected compared to the 255 in today's draft. And, Clark, here's the name you remember. With the 438th overall pick of the 1972 draft, the Baltimore Colts selected Ohio State linebacker Stan White. I do remember him, and I know him well. Stan's still involved in the media down in Baltimore, of course, with the Ravens. But great guy, good linebacker, terrific player. Ohio State. Pretty, hey, listen, pretty I remember good 17th well round draft pick. That was pretty good. I didn't know that, but he was a good player for the Colts. Um, I remember, Goose, not, the, not the, the 15 rounds. I remember when it was 12 because I was in San Diego in the 80s. This meant you had to be at Jack Murphy Stadium no later than 5 a.m. or if you were coming in from the night before. That would be uh, you. One year, I think, yeah, <laughs> 
right? Not anymore, uh, but in those days. <laughs> in those days, yeah. But in one year, I think it was 1986, the year they drafted Leslie O'Neill for their first pick. The Chargers had the last pick in the draft. It was a defensive back <laughs> named Mike Travis. Remember him? Nah, either do I. He went to Georgia Tech, and he went to the Chargers with the 333rd pick, which meant we were there from the beginning to the very end singing and this is true, which we would do if we had the last draft pick, which we did that year. Mr. Irrelevant. Of course, Mike had no idea what was, was going on. Terrible. Like, no chance Travis signs if he ever heard you guys singing Mr. Irrelevant out there. That, my <laughs> God. Terrible. Poor guy. I had no idea. Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> well, you know, I remember Mr. Irrelevant when he came to the Patriots in 1994. It was a... Uh, a linebacker named Marty Moore, scrappy guy, tougher than uh, 10 miles of detour, uh, and he made the team, and he later became the first Mr. Mr. Ir- uh, Mr. Irrelevant blah, 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 uh, to play in a Super Bowl uh, when the Patriots got there in 1996, and that made him very uh, relevant. Uh, you know, a really tough guy, and he played in as many Super Bowls as Dan Marino, so there you go. At that point, Ron, <laughs> did you sing to him, Mr. Irrelevant? I did not. Uh, let me t- you you not. shouldn't either. My goodness. I shouldn't either. That's it. That's it. <laughs> of course, uh, now we have three days of the NFL draft, and we have round one on one day, rounds two and three on another, the rest of the draft, rounds four through seven on the third. Goose, like it, or would you rather have it broken into two days or just back to one? No, I, I prefer it as a two-day event, and what I liked about that format was the the teams got to reshuffle their boards for the second day. You got a night to sleep on the board and see what's what. You know, my right. favorite part... Uh, of that setup with the first 10 picks of the fourth round at the start of the second day. That's when all the mistakes were cleaned up. There'll be players sitting there at the top of the fourth round that shouldn't be there. Players who should have gone in the second or third rounds. There are usually four or five trades into the top of the fourth round to steal one of those players. Kirk Cousins, Lamar Miller, Devonta Freeman, Henry Melton, Owen Daniels, Oz Hakeem, Derek Mason, and Steven Davis were among the top fourth round, top of the fourth round guys. And Goose, I remember what you told me at one point. You said you would measure GMs or um, scouts by what they did that second day. You said essentially that this is where you find out who knows what he's doing, and um, and you would. Yeah, every everybody can. Anybody who watches college football can draft in the first three rounds. The the talent's <laughs> obvious. What makes a good draft great is what you do in rounds four through seven. That's when right. you have to find some uh, some starters and some Pro Bowl caliber players. Goose, good draft. I want your best draft story. Uh, you got one? Yeah, Jimmy Johnson was running the 92 draft for the Cowboys and came up with this idea to give a small handful of players they liked cell phones on draft day. That way they could converse with the player during the draft to discover the interest that player was generating, which teams are calling him, what they were telling him. And I remember Texas A&M cornerback Kevin Smith in particular. He wanted to play for the Cowboys, so whenever a team called him, he called the Cowboys. So the Cowboys knew exactly where they had to go to get him in the first round. I recall, I recall they made two trades in the round that day, the first trading back for a couple extra picks, then moving up to get Smith exactly where they needed to go, the 17th overall pick. I believe the NFL has since outlawed such cell phone contact between <laughs> players and teams. Sounds like a story. Sounds like a slight maneuvering of the situation. But uh, <laughs> Well, I got a story, a uh, personal story, actually. Uh, this is in uh, early 2002. The Patriots were moving from the old Gillette Stadium to the soon-to-open uh, new Gillette Stadium. And so things were in great disarray, and half the stadium was already knocked down, but they were using some, you know, part of it. 
um, for to to run the draft, and the, everybody was staying downstairs, the coaches and everything, and we were upstairs, and they had this makeshift phone system. So lo and behold, I pick up the phone to uh, call my office, and who do I hear before I can say anything? That'd be Bill Belichick talking to the Chicago Bears. For that day, I was the most knowledgeable <laughs> draft journalist in the world. <laughs> In the world. That was wrote the last this, time, Ron. I, I wrote this story about every maneuver they talked about making it, the strategy, da, 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 and everyone was like, how the hell did he know all this stuff? And then the second day I revealed that my phone was a, a, a great aid to me. They nearly fired the PR guy, Stacey James, which I said, he didn't install the phones. What are you mad at him for? That was one great day. Man. Well, I can't top that, but my favorite story came out of the 2001 draft when I sat behind the one Mr. Rick Goss. Madison Square Garden with used to hold the draft. In the fifth round, Goose, you remember this, Cleveland Browns chose a linebacker out of the University of Washington. Name, Goose? Jeremiah Farms. Jeremiah Farms. And no sooner had they made that choice, the Goose turns back to me and says, someone's going to get fired over this. I didn't know what he was talking about at the time, but he showed me his draft report on Farms and decided character is a huge deal, such a big deal, guys shouldn't be drafted. Well, guess what? Day later, Jeremiah Farms was arrested and charged with First-degree robbery. <laughs> Remember calling then President Carmen Policy, friend of the show, and asking him, how could you have missed on this? And he said, hey, wait, we talked to Rick Neuheisel, and he insisted the guy was clean. And I said, well, there's your mistake, Carmen. You should have called Goose, not Rick Neuheisel. Uh, okay, the best and worst of the draft. Goose, who gets into your Hall of Fame for the pick or picks? It made, and the round doesn't matter. I don't care. Now, Ron, Ron Wolf, best second-day draft in the history of the planet. I mean, he would find Pro Bowl guys in the second day. Dorsey Levins, Mark Brunel, Mark Chamura, Marco Rivera, Adam Tierman, Donald Driver, Pro Bowl players late. Hey, best pick run? ever, Tom Brady. Uh, number 199, sixth-round pick, uh, 49ers. Who did they take? One of six quarterbacks taken for Tom. They took Giovanni Carmazzi, who ended up as a goat herder and a yoga practitioner. <laughs> Ouch. In Northern California was, and out of yes. touch. Ouch. <laughs> well, speaking of the draft, guys, when we return, we're going to talk to former Chicago GM Jerry Angelo and discover the do's and don'ts to picking the right players. You're listening to the Talk of Fame Network. And now, a touching moment while well, staying in touch with Geico. Just the other night, as I gazed up into the sky, I saw a shooting star. In that moment, I made a wish that Geico would be available 24-7 by phone, on the web, or with the Geico app. After that, I realized... My wish had already come true. So basically, I had just wasted a perfectly good wish. Then I started to think about dolphins and felt better right away. Geico. Anywhere, anytime. Hi, Tom Bodette. Somewhat in knots over this trendy new hairstyle called a man bun. I mean, what's next? The he-hive? Well, Motel 6 recently got a new updo of sorts, too, with renovations nationwide. And even with our fresh modern look, you'll still find rooms at the lowest price of any national chain. So you can save up enough money to get yourself a haircut or maybe a hat. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book direct at motel6.com. 
baseball fans. Be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the Strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil, and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Goslin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. Okay, our next guest is someone who knows what a football player looks like. Jerry Angelo had a hand in building two Super Bowl teams, the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a director of player personnel, and the 2006 Chicago Bears as the general manager. His draft boards put Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp, John Lynch, and Rondi Barber in Tampa Bay uniforms, and Lance Briggs, Charles Tillman, Tommy Harris, and Derek Devin Hester in Chicago uniforms. With this the opening week of our Talk of Fame Network draft series, we've asked Jerry to come on to educate us on the draft process. Jerry Angelo, welcome to the show. Rick, good to be with you and Ron today. Jerry, let's start with the basics. How many scouts would you employ, and how many players would you research for a typical draft? Uh, Rick, we employed uh, six college scouts. Uh, we were probably on the light side. Most teams uh, probably average uh, closer to, to uh, you know, eight, in some cases nine. But I didn't really believe in big numbers. With six scouts, that provided the country up with approximately uh, 15 major schools per scout in their area. Uh, typically, you probably were scouting... Uh, approximately 500 players once uh, you started the process, and that would be including the uh, potential juniors that you thought might be coming out as well. When did you start building your, your draft board, Jerry? And, and, and once you got it done, how many names would be on the finished product? You know, well, we you know, started building it after camp, uh, training camp, once we got back to the office. And, you know, the scouts had a chance to watch the tape uh, over the summer prior to coming into camp. So they knew their uh, prospects, you know, at each of their school. I had a chance to do uh, some tape work as well. So once we left camp, you know, we met, obviously, during camp, uh, went over everybody's area to get a tentative idea of what their area would look like. So we would have our board set up and ready to go. Um, you know, once we got back into the office, and then we keep a running count uh, really daily, you know, given once a, a scout would leave a school, he would then, you know, send in his reports, call in his reports to us to let us know uh, what his grades were so we can keep a, uh, you know, daily, you know, have a good daily uh, impression of what the draft was going to look like. At the end, you know, when your, your board was, you know, prepared for draft day, probably about 75 players that we felt uh, comfortable in drafting and wanted. And, 
and normally that would get you through the whole draft. Yeah, that sounds kind of low. I know, I know a lot of teams had 100, 125. See, a lot of people think there are like 300 people on your draft board. There really isn't. But 75 seems kind of light. You can get through seven rounds with uh, 75, huh? Oh, yeah, Rick. Hey, Rick, when I, I remember Bobby Beathard uh, when he was with Washington, and I would talk to him. They would have about a dozen players. That was it. You really? Know? Yeah, that, that sounded a little scary. But you have to understand, <laughs> you, you knew that these dozen players weren't all going to go in the first and second round. These were players that they, they liked. And Bobby was the best I'd ever seen at targeting players and really paring his list down, didn't overcomplicate things, didn't get swallowed up with the numbers and drowning in information like a lot of us would do uh, from time to time. I remember Jimmy Johnson making this statement when he was at Dallas. He said he would have a list of players, not a big list, that he had targeted. They knew uh, probably within those first four or five rounds where they can get those players. So I think it's a misnomer when you think that it's a big list. You know, you really try to pare it down. 75 was usually the number that we always worked off of. And, again, uh, you know, we never had problems, uh, you know, getting through the draft because, you know, we were running out of players. Is your board up before the combine? No, the board is ongoing. We would have a board, you know, uh, obviously it would be uh, probably 70% of uh, what maybe the final board would look like. But uh, then after the combine, you know, you would be doing some major tweaking, you know, with it. Jerry, my old friend uh, Charlie Army, who I'm sure you know uh, well, always used to tell me that the combine was where you guys went to be talked out of drafting football players and drafting decathletes. <laughs> and I just, want, <laughs> just wondered, in your opinion, how important is game tape of the actual plan of the game as opposed to the combines and the campus visits and, and those other things? Well, the combine, or the tape, uh, from my perspective, Ron, uh, was the body of work. And we would put 75% uh, emphasis you know, on the tape. Uh, we would use the combine as creating the pecking order you know, where we had those players evaluated, you know, based on their tape. Jerry, how many players would you, as general manager, personally watch and evaluate? You know, Rick, I, I enjoyed watching tape. I was trained by the best on how to evaluate uh, players. I never think it's a good idea to get away from what you know best. And it was uh, one of the best ways I could contribute to the club as well. So I watched them all. Uh, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't put anybody on the board we were going to be in a position to draft unless I did, you know, the tape work. And when I say I did the tape work, Rick, I wrote a report on it. My report went in just like a scout's because I wanted to be held accountable as well. I wasn't just going to give an opinion, you know, without having my name on a report. So I spent a lot of time, uh, you know, doing that. You can make a lot of excuses why you can't do it. But at the end of the day, that's what they are, excuses. The best way to cross-check your scouts, your coaches, is to do the tape your, uh, yourself. And obviously, it creates the accountability that you need to, to have, you know, to run a business. Whose opinions would you weigh heavier, Jerry, when you were looking at players, scouts or your own coaches? Uh, without question, the scout. You know, he does it year-round. That's what he's trained to do. I believe the best way to use a coach is more as a cross-check. You know, the coaches main responsibilities are to develop players, to teach them, and to motivate them. That's a full-time job, and that's what he's paid to do. I was never big, uh, you know, on trying to make coaches scouts. Uh, certainly I wanted them involved in the process, and they were. We never put a player on the board that we were going to draft without having a, a coach, you know, uh, view that player and write a report on him. But 
his report was used mostly, um, you know, as a cross-check. And as I grew um, in the business, what I found, what made it easier for everybody, we had the scouts put the players on level. An A level would be uh, first and second round. A B level would be third and fourth round. And the C level would be five through seven. And then I would have the coaches come in at their prospective positions and rate the players within those levels how they like them best the worst. So we, we got out of the landmines of having a coach love a player that we had rated, uh, evaluated in the fifth round, and now he wants to take them in the second round. I had been through those uh, types of situations, and believe me, it doesn't create good karma in the building. Jerry, you found Ronnie Barber in the third round, Tony Mayberry in the fourth, Mark Anderson in the fifth, Jim Pine in the seventh, Pro Bowl quality players. So you've uncovered your share of gems. Is there one pick you are particularly proud of in the quarter century you were running draft rooms? You know, Rick, um, those are all good ones. You know, uh, there have been others like them. Uh, you know, the common denominator with all those guys is they, they overcame the odds. You know, and, you know, because of their love of the game, their work ethic. And those are the guys I took personal satisfaction in being part of the evaluation to identify, you know, and draft them. You know, they, they modeled the greatest things that, you know, you look for uh, as an evaluator, you know, the passion and the commitment to the game. So I had, uh, uh, you know, a goodly amount of success, you know, in part because of the scouts, uh, that we had, the coaches that we had. We had a lot of those types of players. And if you say, well, what was the success uh, that you, uh, if you had to pinpoint it, it would be filling your locker room up with those types. Jerry, got we've got 30 seconds here. How'd you miss on Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. If you had uh, more than 30 seconds, I'd tell you, because I spent a lot of time on it. And, you know, I asked Belichick, you know, where I went wrong. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't like his arm strength, but Belichick said, no, nah, you, you were right there. But, you know, given his work ethic, he said he got in that weight room. He said his arm got stronger. But, oh, boy, I'll tell you, that was, uh, that was a tough one. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people are kicking themselves over that one. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Jerry, we'd like to thank Jerry Angelo for stopping by. Uh, Jerry, this has been great. We really appreciate how you enlighten us in the process here. It's such an intriguing process, and, and your, all, all your insight was great for us. So, again, Jerry, thanks for stopping by, and you're welcome anytime. Take care, guys. Good to be thanks. with you. Okay, next up, we've got uh, Dr. Data. I will explain the quarterback mystery on draft day, and we'll close out with the two-minute drill. You listen to the Talk of Fame Network. Now, the reminder that the Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Geico Insurance, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. For more details, go to geico.com. Progressive brings you Flowetry with Flow. Find coverage based on your budget today. Stay in control of your spending. Insurance and your wallet splendidly blending. Be so happy, pappy. You'll just want to dance. Found a policy that fits you like painted on pants. Get insurance based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Visit Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Behold, Little Caesar's deep, deep dish pizza with more cheese. Where did they put it? In the crust! Yes, they added over three and a half feet of cheese right in the crust! Cheesy crust, cheesy crust, they put it in the crust! It makes something great even better! Yes, it does! Yes, it does! With the cheese in the crust! Little Caesar's stuffed crust deep, deep dish pizza stuffed with over three and a half feet of cheese. Just ten bucks, only at Little Caesar's. Pizza, pizza. At participating locations, plus tax. 
Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com. Baseball fans, be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the strip's sexiest adult review, Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil, and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. Now, back to the Talk of Fame Network with Ron Borges, Rick Gosselin, and your Hall of Fame host, Clark Judge. They are who we thought they were. Talk of Fame Network is brought to you by Proactive, where for just $19.95, you can get Proactive plus a rotating deep cleansing brush value to $45. Better yet, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear, or your money back. For more information, call 1-800-644-5944. That's one 800 Six four four five nine four four. Also brought to you by Geico. Question for you: What does it mean? Geico says that just fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more in car insurance. Ron Borges knows because it means you probably should have gone to Geico.com. Get on it. Get on it now. And just reminded you guys, Rick and Ron, something we're going to get on: the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction. It's next weekend, April eighth. Not this weekend. Next weekend, April eighth. But not too soon to start talking about it. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has five more bands going in there, and included are Cheap Trick, Chicago's band. Ah, uh, Chicago, it must be Chicago's band. And Deep Purple from, uh, yeah, over the Atlantic Ocean. But there's some bands, I think, that have been overlooked far too long. And since we're the Talk of Fame Network, we're talking about fame here. So, Goose, I'll give you your choice. We ask our Hall of Fame guests if there's one guy they'd like to put in the hall. So I'm going to ask you. Is there one guy, one group you'd like to put into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That's easy. Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> the Hall of Fame itself listed We're an American Band has one of the 200 albums that everyone must have in their collection. Grand Funk is to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame what Ray Guy was for so long to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, an oversight that sorely needs to be corrected. Wow. Okay, Ron, try to top that. And please tell me you're not going to nominate by the Standells, Jay Giles, or those guys who play the Raiders theme song. Please tell me. (laughs) I got to say, that's a pretty tough one to top, I must say. But how about this, guys? Smashing Pumpkins! I never liked Halloween in the first place. Put them in there. That's it. We move on to November 1st. Smashing Pumpkins. Well, for me, this one's a slam dunk. You heard Goose talk about Grand Funk and we're an American band. You know who produced them? Yeah, Todd Rundgren. Yeah. Now, we say Todd is God for a reason. Overrated. Singer, writer, Overrated. producer, innovator, wizard, and true star, genius. The guy should have been in 20 years ago. But as Ron once told me, stupid is as stupid does. You are correct, sir. And I'll tell you whom I'd like to put in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's right. It's our Dr. Data, Rick Austin. Except one thing, Ronnie, he's already in. He is. He's already in. He was inducted in 2004. 
Today, he's here to tell us about quarterbacks and the draft. Let's hear it, Goose. There are four quarterbacks who loom as potential first-round picks in the upcoming draft. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch, and Connor Cook. Quarterback needy teams will snap them up, hoping that they can develop into the type of franchise trigger who can take his team to a Super Bowl. That's where you find the Terry Bradshaws, John Elway's, Troy Aikens, and Peyton Manning's in the first round, usually very high in the first round. But here's the reality of draft day. Since the AFL and NFL March drafts in 1967, there have been 102 quarterbacks selected in the first round. Only 18 of those quarterbacks took their original drafting teams to a Super Bowl, and only 10 of those quarterbacks won a Lombardi Trophy when they got there. Only six of those 102 quarterbacks selected in the first round wound up in the Hall of Fame. Although Peyton Manning figures to one day have a bust, and Ben Roethlisberger, Aaron Rodgers, and Eli Manning have been busily building their cases. The point is, there are far more Jamarcus Russells, Brandon Whedons, Tim Tebow's, and Patrick Ramsey's with those first-round selections than there are Aikman's, Elway's, and Manning's. But on draft day, teams are selling hope. Hope that a quarterback they claim with the first or fifth or 15th pick in the first round can be their ticket to championships. But eyeballing Goff, Wentz, Lynch, and Cook, this isn't the class of 1983 all over again. When a record six quarterbacks went in the first round, Four took their teams to Super Bowls, and three wound up with Buss and Canton. If one of those four hits big, this, this draft class will have beaten the odds, but there will be four teams drafting quarterbacks hoping, hoping that one does hit. Well, Doc, a six-round pick named Tom Brady has gone to a third as many Super Bowls as all the quarterbacks drafted in the first round since 1967. So my question is, is it consistently drafting quarterbacks so high, especially in the second half of the first round? Just a fool's errand? Ron, if a GM took your approach, he'd get fired after two years. If you spend your life <laughs> looking for a quarterback in the sixth round that, that can take their Super Bowl, there's a good chance you'll never find yourself a Super Bowl quarterback. Only three sixth-round draft picks have ever taken teams to Super Bowls. Brady, Brad Johnson, and Mark Rippon. You still had the better chance of hitting in the first round than any other round. A first-round quarterback has won 27 of the 50 Super Bowls to date. Lucky for the Patriots, Tom Brady was an aberration. Yes, I hear you on that, but I, oh, I wanted to ask a question, but I'm not. I'm out of time. You got whistled that's, that's out, out bro. That's right. <laughs> it's time for a two-minute drill, which means whistle. it's time for me to shut up and Ron to start doing what he does best, which is ask questions. So, Ronnie, take it away. Look, Rex Ryan uh, was at a Buffalo diner this week on Dingus Day, a Polish holiday the Monday after Easter. Did the rest of the AFC celebrate Dink Day when the Bills hired Rex? In Buffalo, no, they city. celebrated Drink Day. Martinez <laughs> all around, guys. In Buffalo, a city that has never won a Stanley Cup or Super Bowl, they'll celebrate anything. Browns coach Hugh Jackson said recently he doesn't like the word rebuild. So what the hell is he doing in Cleveland? Rebuilding. You may not like that word, but I do. You have to win something to at some point to rebuild. The Browns have once in 64. What Jackson's doing is starting over. The Steelers are asking their fans to stuff the ballot box for Dancing with the Stars candidate Antonio Brown. What should the Bronco fans do for Von Miller? Forget Dancing with the Stars. They should thank their lucky stars. <laughs> Boy, got the voting. That'll get Miller off his feet and arrested for the 2016 season. Spoken like an NFL man. Uh, DeMarco Murray's new Titans teammate, Paris Cox, agreed to surrender his number 29 uh, to Murray. What would you have charged him? Uh, 100 bucks, which is about the number of yards he gained last year. 
a dollar for every yard he gained with the Cowboys in 2014 or $5 for every yard he gained with the Eagles in 2015. <laughs> Chargers coach Mike McCoy, personal friend of Clark, uh, he says the PR guru Bill Johnson, quote, is the coach and I'm the player when he was asked about his new friendlier attitude toward the media. What plays is Bill calling for McCoy? Take a hike on one. <laughs> After the last three years, I tell him to just take a knee. Who's his pal Jerry Jones said that the owners means he'll use the fourth pick in the draft to take the best player available. Is there any chance he knows who that is? He will have to talk in the goose. First rounds haven't been a problem for the Cowboys. That's the other six rounds that make life difficult for his fans. Seahawks GM John Schneider says the Seahawks are, quote, very close, unquote, to being a Super Bowl contender in 2016. Please translate. Marshawn Lynch, call me. Please call me. That means he believes the Seahawks should be favored in the NFC. We'd like to thank Jerry Angelo, Donovan McNabb, and Tony Grossi for joining us, Derek Burns for producing us, and you for listening to us. If you'd like to catch this or any podcast, just go to our website, talkoffamenetwork.com, find us on iTunes, or dial us up on your podcast app under Talk of Fame Network. Otherwise, tune to this station at this time next week. We'll look for you then. Baseball fans, be the MVP at Luxor Las Vegas. Get your Lux on at all-star shows, including Fantasy, the strip's sexiest adult review. Chris Angel Believe from Cirque du Soleil and Carrot Top. Hit a home run with Mexican flavors that rock from TNT Tacos and Tequila or cool brews and comfort food at Public House. LAX Nightclub helps you make all the right plays with the hottest dance music from resident DJs and live entertainment in a high-energy atmosphere. To capture the biggest plays of the season, visit Luxor.com. There's a reason why so many celebrities use Proactive. Their faces are their money. And it's time for you to get it because Proactive has set up a special 800 number. For just $19.95, you'll get Proactive and a rotating deep cleansing brush. A $45 value, yours free. For only $19.95, you're guaranteed to get clear and stay clear or your money back. Here's the number, 1-800-644-5944. Call now for a lifetime of beautiful skin. 1-800-644-5944. And now, a touching moment while staying in touch with Geico. Just the other night, as I gazed up into the sky, I saw a shooting star. In that moment, I made a wish that Geico would be available 24-7, by phone, on the web, or with the Geico app. After that, I realized my wish had already come true. So basically, I had just wasted a perfectly good wish. Then I started to think about dolphins and felt better right away. Geico. Anywhere. Anytime. Hi, Tom Bodette, trying to understand this whole dating app thing. You're supposed to swipe right for the profiles you're into and left for the ones you're not. So if I'm attracted to a clean, comfortable room for the lowest price of any national chain at Motel 6, I'd swipe right, right? Or was it left? Wait, I just sent myself a picture of myself. 6-3? Yeah, right. I'm Tom Bodette, and we'll leave the light on for you. Book online at motel6.com.